0: Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group, highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host, and their special guest reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse.
1: Hello, and welcome to the EDG Community Pulse podcast. My name is Tammy Naguki with Environmental Design Group, and I am joined today by Frank Bronzo, also of Environmental Design Group, and Erin Young. Executive Director, Mill Creek Metro Parks. Welcome, everybody.
0: Hello. It's great to be here again, Tammy. Thanks.
1: Thanks for joining me today. I uh, want to introduce Aaron real quick and then we'll get started. Um, Aaron, welcome to the Marsh program. Um, Hello. Thanks for having me. Aaron is uh, Mill Creek Metro Parks Executive Director. Aaron was born and raised in nearby Braceville Township. He graduated from LaBray High School and then went on to attend The Ohio State University, where he graduated with a Bachelor bachelor's of science degree in landscape architecture following graduation aaron started out as a landscape designer working on botanical garden projects for environmental planning and design llc in pittsburgh pennsylvania he then moved on to spend eight years at egng incorporated ohio now a division of ct consultants in downtown akron where as a state of Ohio licensed landscape architect, he managed new park development, urban design, and economic development projects for a multitude of public sector clients. After that he served nine years and advanced to the position of Director of Planning and Operations for the Giaga Park District, where he was responsible for nearly ten thousand acres of preserved land, nineteen open parks, and a countywide bike trail. Aaron was named Executive Director of Mill Creek Metro Parks in January 2015. Aaron is a member of the American Society of Landscape Architects, Council of Landscape Architectural Registration Boards, Braceville United Methodist Church, and the Mahoning County Trustees Association. He is an avid outdoorsman and currently resides in Braceville Township with his wife and three children. Welcome, Aaron.
2: Welcome. Well, that sounds impressive. I hope I can live up to whoever typed that out. I'll have to thank my staff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oftentimes you sit here and you think you listen to your bio and you're thinking wow when is she, she gonna is she gonna finish pretty soon <laughs> yeah i'm guilty but, of
2: never looking back too much i don't spend a lot of time doing that it's always forward 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 and then i guess to hear you read it out loud is yeah i guess i'm okay with it you know yeah. we've
1: had the privilege of having some pretty outstanding guests on our show so Good. um present
2: yeah. company
0: included yeah, absolutely oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So, again, welcome, and we're happy to have you here today.
0: Yes, we certainly are happy to have you here, and, and uh, thanks for joining us, taking the time out of your busy schedule. You know, I listened to the bio, um, and I remember the first time you and I met, and uh, I just came from the office and did a presentation to our, our PMs in the office about risk. And uh, risk comes in many, many forms on projects. and, and one of the categories was you know the, t- the client. So you know, Aaron and I, he's laughing because he
2: knows where <laughs> I know we're, exactly what he's talking. We're, about, where we're, we're going with
0: because it, the client per, was a difficult client to work with. And Aaron's firm, EG was a sub to our firm on a project. And, and I got to tell you through a lot of contentious, discussions with the client, with my sub-consultants, with Aaron. We still remain friends over, over this many years. Yeah. And, and that's just a testament to our friendship. So I really appreciate that.
2: Uh, thank you. That, that takes me back a long time. I mean, that was uh, it was one of those interesting projects. You're anxious to do it. And you know, being new to the profession at the time, I was anxious to see it go through and was probably my first experience with a client that I thought was just unreasonable mm-hmm. and thought, oh, my. I have severely underestimated the uh, uh, client-owner relationship or client-consultant relationship. But uh, a lot of uh, great clients since then, and and I am now the client, so I I get the benefit from that. But, yeah, Frank and I, we go back there. I I had hair when we first met, (laughs) and now I have gray hair on my face.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, speaking about the client and, and Metro mm-hmm. Parks, you know, Mill Creek Metro Parks, can you uh, maybe give us, give our audience a little bit of an overview of, of the organization, what you guys do, what your purpose is, and then, of course, then your role. Sure, absolutely.
2: Well, um, I joined Mill Creek Metro Parks in 2015 as the executive director. And for those people that don't know, Mill Creek Metro Parks is actually Ohio's first park system. Uh, we are a county-based uh, park system. Uh, we're located in Mahoning County, Ohio. Um, it's kind of odd that, you know, a lot of county-based park systems have the county name within their name. Um, we happen to not be one of those, so where people ask where Mill Creek is, it's uh, usually the county reference of Mahoning County. And Our uh, mission is to provide park, recreational, and educational facilities uh, of regional significance. And I got that's part of the job description. Is if you're a park director, you got to be able to recite the uh, mission on on command. Um, <laughs> nice. But we should do uh, that. Check that one off. Right, right. <laughs> got that, that. That box is checked, so we've got that done. But um, currently, we are in the midst of a 15 year capital improvement push um, that is seeing the metro parks address. It's infrastructure needs um, that were long, long overdue, and as you can imagine, when you're Ohio's first park system, um, that puts you up at about 130 years age old. And so we've got some roads, some bridges, some trails, parking lots, a uh, quarter of a million square foot of building uh, footprint to address, um, and we're having we're having fun doing it.
1: Talking about your mission. Um you know, over you're talking about uh, the next few years that you, you've got planned for it. You know, what are the things that you envision changing over the next three years, or how do you um, envision the park system evolving?
2: Well, I think currently what we're doing is implementing the component of the strategic plan that was developed prior to my arrival. Um, prior to 2015, the Board of Park Commissioners had, I'll say, the foresight to identify that they needed to update their strategic plan, and they finished that. the latter part of 2013. Um, But as you know, in the public sector, a lot of your ability to implement a strategic plan or to implement vision, it's always tied to the almighty dollar or your funding uh, schedule, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, The Metro Parks, when I joined in 2015, their operating levy was up for renewal in November. So there wasn't a ton of strategic planning implementation that was done between the latter parts of 2013 and the beginning parts of 2015. And there was some rebranding for sure. They did a new logo and and those types of things. But functional, uh, implementable items on the strategic plan were kind of on pause until the levy status was addressed. So part of my welcome to the parks was Great. Congratulations. Glad you're here. 72% of our operating funding is up in November and we don't have any plan. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So what do you think? Um, And so that first year I did a lot of watching and just learning what what each individual department was doing, how we operated, kind of taking mental notes along the way to see where we were. Um, and then, obviously, in the evenings and, and after hours, um, working on the levy levy campaign. Um, and thankfully, in November, the the voters supported a renewal with additional. So that helped us address. Um, how we were going to at least start to think about implementing that strategic plan. So I know that was a long way around the barn, but without addressing the the levy campaign, any hopes of implementing a strategic plan are, are really futile.
1: You, when you talk about the levy campaign and being successful, do you think a lot of that has to do with the fact that people are spending more time outdoors? They are wanting to be in spaces um, that are maybe a little bit more healthy or they're perceiving it that way because of COVID. Does that seem to help your campaign? Well,
2: certainly that's a trend now. You know, I don't know that that was necessarily the trend in 2015 with regards to what right. our constituency was. Right. Sure, there was a history there and people have known Mill Creek Park, which is actually a location, yeah. as opposed to Mill Creek Metro Parks for the longest time. Um, you know, During that year um, of watching and, and learning and, and seeing how things were, were, were functioning, it was readily apparent to me that just a simple straight renewal of the levy wasn't going to cut it. Um, and I say that because the, the planning department um, that's currently led by Justin Rogers right now as a, a fellow landscape architect, he and the previous director, Steve Avery, were both landscape architects. They had a litany of projects identified that were well in excess of $30 million that needed to be done, and there was no funding to do it. Um, And a renewal wasn't going to even be able to touch what needed to be done. So a lot of our push was towards identifying to everyone and sharing, these are the facts. Um, We're not in a good position now, and we're not going to be in a good one with just a straight yes. So we need to tell the people, look, we need more resources from you. And that's a tough thing to do, especially the guy that just got there, to go in and say, what you're doing is not working. Um, So to turn around and then say, hey, look, we need more on top of what you've already historically given, we had to have a plan. So a lot of our strategy and a lot of my work at the time went into sharing with the people what we knew as insiders in the park Um, And that was, we need additional resources. Now, we made them the promise of, hey, look, we've got about 30 million in capital improvements that we need to do. If this levy of renewal with additional gets approved, that's only going to provide us with about half of what we need. But our promise is to take that half and go out and get the other half and address these capital improvements. And I, I had months and months and months of people telling me, you're crazy. There's no way they're going to support more money for, for, for the, for the, uh, for the park system, you know, the history of the Valley and the steel mills leaving and all the negativity that anybody wants to talk about was that reason. And, Mm -hmm. um, but in my opinion, it was what we've shared with some of our closest constituents was, you know, Hey, if we don't get this levy, you know, we're going to die. We're not, we're not going to be here. Um, and unfortunately I had the, tough task of telling them you're dying already and haven't picked up on it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know,
2: this, this is, you're, you're already going down the hole. You don't want to go down. And without this renewal,
1: that's a tough this is not,
2: yeah. I, who wants to do that new job and going in with nothing but bad news. So, um, but fortunately for us, people saw the vision. They saw the truth and this is what we shared with them. And uh, the levy was successful. Um, it provides about 72% of our operating funds. Um, But then we've gone out and maximized the efforts of our foundation and then also public grants to be able to begin that push. So Mm -hmm. that strategic plan and that change has led to fast forward here in 2021, where we're coming out on the backside of a pandemic. Um, People came to the parks in droves, and yes, now what we're seeing is a lot of the people who are saying who have been to the parks and have seen the infrastructure upgrades now we're getting the oh that's what you meant when we were talking Mm -hmm. about the levy stuff oh sure now they see it. now they see the side of hey we've got to address what we have first before we start talking about anything new um i think too easy in the capital improvement world which we're all in Um, everybody wants to talk about the new bright, shiny building, but they don't want to talk about the one that's been there forever that needs a coat of paint and needs to be addressed. And, um, I just felt uncomfortable asking people for more if you're not taking care of what you already have. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I'd like to touch base a little bit about the strategic plan mm-hmm. because our listeners I know are eager and, and and it's part of a leadership role in any organization to to, to develop and drive that animal. So so if you can uh, maybe elaborate uh, for our audience uh, maybe on one strategic uh, plan item that you had in the books and then maybe one that you're planning for for twenty one twenty
2: two. Sure. I I think you've all seen strategic plans, you've all seen comprehensive plans, you've all seen all of these plans that have all these predicating descriptor names in, for, in front of them and then the word plan, right? Um, and being in that industry, I've seen those plans, we've prepared those plans, um, almost to where you could be blue in the face with a plan trying to educate people on the importance of thinking ahead. Um, but in that industry, you can also read a comprehensive plan and you can see between the lines of what they're not saying. Mm. It's pretty evident what they're, what they were saying is that they had operational challenges. And I'm speaking of Mill Creek at this time, you know, they had operational challenges inside the organization that were keeping their potential from being fully reached. Um, I didn't really know the limits of those uh, constraints until I joined the organization and got to watch. For, for a year. Um, and then after that, that first year, it was readily apparent that if I continue to do things the way they've always done them, then I'm going to fail. Um, and I'd if I'm not going to be successful, I'd rather be it on my own merits and that my own plan was wrong as opposed to trying to implement somebody else's vision for an organization that I didn't mm-hmm. buy into. I just didn't think it was going to work. Um, You know, prior to arriving at at Mill Creek, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit, Frank, of, you know, the Metro Parks had seen numerous uh, executive directors come and go. Um, They'd had a staff that hadn't seen uh, compensation increases in seven years. Um, There was a lot of negativity at the board meetings. It was just a negative environment. It's probably the most polite way to say it um, from the get-go. And so when I got there, as you can imagine, um, there was a lot of hesitation for the staff to have much patience or want to hear what the new guy had to say because they had seen so many new ones come and go. And it's fine. You'll leave. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. And that's the way it goes because we're tax-funded and it is what it is. So um, you know, nobody likes to talk about those kind of things when it comes to strategic planning and, and leadership. But if you don't address the people component of a plan, you're never going to reach the full goals of, of a strategic plan because as a leader and as an executive, you cannot do it all yourself.
1: You had such an uphill battle I'm and we talk about change management, but it's never at that scale. So you must have had some people around you that were supporting you and helping you along the way and, and really being champions for you.
2: Yeah, certainly. I, I, we're in a much better position now than when we were when we first started. Now, I'm in my seventh year um, there. But I think I'm also on um, – I forgot. I haven't even counted t- too much, I guess. But I think I'm on board member 13 and 14 in that seven-year period. So that's reflective of the amount of turnover and challenges that we've faced as an organization. But, you know, credit does go to the first group acknowledging that a change needs to be made. And um, this is something that I had shared with Frank, you know, a long time ago after joining Mill Creek is that personally and professionally, I've never been in a position to where I was hired and somebody said, hey, everything's going great. We want you to just keep it going. I've never had that job. That'd
1: be great, huh?
0: That would be a neat neat job to (laughs) have. Yeah, you
2: know, the jobs I've always had have been conveyed to me. You've all been in interviews. We've all been in interviews. We know how they go. You're sitting across the table from someone who's doing their best to not tell you that we really need somebody to come in here and be a change agent, and they're doing their best to camouflage it and (laughs) figure out how you're going to respond to it. Um, And so that's why I, I... had the original plan of just, look, I'm going to do it the way I think it needs to be done. And if I can buy myself enough time doing that, people will see that I was right. Knowing that I'm going to need help and I'm going to need buy-in to do it. Um, so yes, there, there have been a lot of support from the staff members there at Mill no Creek. And, um, you know, some of that's come at is the result of a lot of changes. Um, you know, one thing I'll point to is that Think of an organization that's been around for 130 years, but it never had a dedicated human resources person. <laughs> Show me one Fortune 500 company that can operate that way. Your people aren't going to be happy. Your product's not going to be what you want it to be. And uh, leadership is really just going to be a cheerleader without demonstrating, look, human resources is a critical item for us. Right. Um, that was one of the very first Positions we filled and, and addressed at the Metro Parks for twofold: one was because it was needed, and two, it was the right thing to do, and quite frankly, three it was because I can't spend all of my day dealing with human resources issues.
1: You're talking when you talk about human resources. There's usually several different roles that that person can Correct. can carry. Which ones were the ones Correct. that you were focusing on?
2: Well, the ones we were focusing on was one having uh, a person or department that staff could go to with their concerns, okay. if they had any. And also creating and developing a department that could communicate and build bridges with all of the teams. Um, we have non-union members at the Metro Parks, and we also have union members. We have FOP and we have AFSCME. Mm-hmm. So how can you go into union negotiations? And, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't identify that, that you know, soon after the, the levy was done, both union negotiations were being, beginning. And these were entities that hadn't seen raises in nearly a decade. Wow. And you just went out and got extra right resources. Right. We all know mm-hmm. where that's going to go. Right. Um, so there was some conversation about what we needed to do there. But developing that human resources department and moving it forward allowed me to, to focus on other things. But it also demonstrated to the staff. My importance and my thinking on having a human resources mm-hmm. department so everything from union negotiations to evaluating health care and talking about paid leave and yeah. um, quite frankly implementing the policy of what it is to be an employee of Mill Creek Metro parks
1: it really sounds like the foundation to your culture
2: it is yeah it is and and the people are you know and I'm I've always been privately and personally a fan of quotes but those quotes are always short-term items. They're just short-term motivating uh, items. But one thing I have found that's not short-term is that if you don't have the right people, regardless of what position you put them in, you're not going to be successful. And the unsexy part about leadership is, is that it's not easy to find the right people. And you spend a lot of your time dealing with it.
0: Yeah, we, we do talk a lot about leadership on this podcast series, I mean, uh, when you think about it. And, Tommy, we are number, number 12 or 13 now. She's 13. 13. Yeah. You're the 13th uh, podcast. and Oh, it, lucky 13. It, lucky lucky 13. <laughs> so when you, when we... Think about thinking back as a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe uh, if you can tell our audience, our, our audience who want to learn more about leadership, some of the uh, proudest ac- professional accomplishments you've made in, as a leader, whether it's at your present role here or in, in a different organization, uh, and why you hold those at the
2: top. Sure. I, I think I don't know that I'd be able to talk about leadership just at what I've been able to accomplish with the team there at Mill Creek without being able to talk about my experiences as an elected township trustee. Um, There's a lot of experience that you learn, um, at least I have, and maybe I'm, you know, harder headed than most, but I've always learned more about the mistakes I made than I did somebody telling me how to do the right thing. (laughs) I think Um, we all do. (laughs) And quite (laughs) frankly, I've learned more from bad bosses than I've ever learned from a good one. Because for me, it was always, yeah, I'm not going to do that whenever I get to that point. (laughs) right (laughs) Um, You know, we laugh. It's funny now. But at the time, think about all of the things that have shaped your career. At some point in time, you were in a position where you were sitting there and you experienced something. At the end of the day, you you thought to yourself, that sucked. I would not do that if I was in a leadership position. Absolutely. Um, So taking some of those things that were less than enjoyable and applying them to how I want to move forward. that's The start, and then also, you know, having to address your constituency where you live um, is is something that helped move me along. But I think from the Metro Park side, it's seeing the staff have success, seeing them buy into what we're doing, seeing them be acknowledged for their work, Um, having them understand that getting up to go to work every day at a park system is a pretty good gig. Right. And that there are some benefits to that, that that outweigh, you know, the numbers that are direct deposits every two weeks or, or 14 days or however you want to look at it. Um, that, to me, has been uh, the biggest part. And then ultimately now being in the public sector, hearing and seeing members of the public that, you know, at first were not for what you wanted to do. Um, some of them you're never going to hear them say you were right. And that's fine. I'm not here to, for that. But the others to say, oh, this is really nice. That's what the staff needed to hear because they're the ones that put in the effort. They're the ones that have, have gone through those long nights. Now, we've all been sitting there at a board meeting that's been less than enjoyable by all means. And, and unfortunately, um, as you all know, the politics in America now are, are not polite. And it's not fun whatsoever, but, um, we do have a constituency to serve and, and we're there to serve them as, as much as we can. But I think my proudest achievement, um, I still hope and, and hold out hope that my proudest achievement's yet to be, yet to come.
1: Oh, that's exciting.
2: Yeah, that truly is.
0: I know we're, we're on the tail end of this COVID pandemic, um, knock on wood, if I can find some some wood. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And, uh. Running an organization that deals with, you know, uh, entertainment and outside venues, can you share with our audience how you led the Metro Parks uh, through the time where um, during this COVID pandemic and and let's, what's happening now as we transition out of the, the COVID pandemic?
2: Sure. It was certainly the first pandemic I've ever had to lead anybody through, and it was one of those instances where you're getting information changing on a day-to-day, if not at times hourly basis. And if, I, if I look back over my career and I think to myself, when when did I ever make time to sit down at two o'clock and have to listen to what the governor had to say? Uh, the answer is never. Um, and it went to a point where we were doing that on a daily basis to see what was going on. And um, you know, you've got several roles. You've got several roles as, you know, the executive of an organization. Um, to make sure that people see your strength, your confidence that you can, we can work through this, we'll work through this together. And then, you know, I had to do the same thing at home. You know, you got family members that are wondering what the heck's going on. And now kids are at home. Um, it was a tough challenge for everyone, but we made the same commitment during COVID that we have made at the Metro Parks to our staff and also to our constituency, which is, You're going to get the truth from Mill Creek Metro Parks. What you do with it and how you let it make you feel is up to you. Right. So let's start with the truth. And if the truth means we don't know, that's what you're going to hear. But we're going to work on it until we figure out what we need to do. Um, And that's kind of how we looked at it from the start and taking into consideration just the general health, safety, and welfare of the people that work for you and then also park visitors um, we had to make some very difficult decisions, and certainly um, one of them was closing down a lot of our rentable and, and reservable facilities. Um, what are those facilities, and what's their purpose to conduct and be the platform for mass gathering, of which we are advised not to do? Right. So we we went through that. Um, you know, we went through the whole determination of essential versus non-essential employee. We went through. All of that to where we are, and we've, we've set up, had set up administration personnel to work remotely as best we could. You know, as you guys know, you have more technology in the palm of your hand than either of us grew up with in school by any means. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. So with that technology, we just pushed the envelope a little bit and had people set up so that they could – work from home, they could log into their PC that was sitting at their desk and be like they were sitting at their desk, but they're sitting sitting at home and, and wherever where, actually wherever they, they wanted to work from. So um, we had that done. Um, our operations staff, I mean, those guys kind of held down the fort. Um, they were the ones coming in every day, um, You know, wearing the masks, the whole nine yards. Everybody's tired of washing their hands. My hands had never been so cracked right. in my entire life <laughs> from washing and hand sanitizing. and. So on. But we feel like we're on that tail end of it now um, between the closures and working remotely this this past month. We've started to come back to the office with precautions, obviously masks and, and distancing. And, and we just now started to uh, do a phased in approach to our reopening where we've opened all of the exterior environment items for use. Um, our open air shelters will be available beginning May 1. Oh, and then come May 7th, um, we're preparing to open all of our fully enclosed buildings for events. Um, with that, you know, with that little disclaimer and caveat that, um, you have to follow the, the rules of the land, which are the governor and the Ohio Department of Health. So, um, I'm, I couldn't be prouder of, of how the team did during the, um, Pandemic, I guess that's a word I got to get used to to saying. Um, I, I don't know that I'm ready to do that yet. It makes me feel old. <laughs> Back in my day, there was a pandemic in 2000. We all had to stay home. Uh, I don't want to do that just yet, you know. But uh, I'm not going to lie and say that, uh, you know, when they started closing down things and there were these stay-at-home orders, um, being the head of an organization, the first thing I thought was, oh, great, production's going to tank. Nobody's going to do anything. Revenue is going to bottom out, and now all the all the difficult stuff we just went through to get us to here is now going to be, you know, kind of lost to the wayside. But I am thrilled to say that that hasn't happened, yeah. and we we've just this past week we we bid nearly a million dollars in capital improvement projects. Uh, contractors were anxious to get out, and we're anxious to have them out.
1: That's one thing we've noticed. It you know. Nine times out of 10, we're hearing people saying that this was – there were a lot of silver linings with this pandemic and taking advantage of those and really trying to move forward instead of staying stalled in where you were. And, you know, I think it's leadership like yours that you've described that has – been beneficial to most organizations, if they have a strong leader like that, that can really be empathetic and still get the job done and motivate their staff and motivate their teams to move forward, then you're going to have success. It's going to find you.
2: Yeah, you hope so. I mean, uh, you know, thanks for those kind words. And and I think for us, it was being steady. We were honest before, we were honest during, we're going to be honest after, and even if that's bad news. And it's incumbent upon us to address reality. You know, I'm not, um, Take a sidestep real quick. But I'm not a big reader. Um, matter of fact, I can remember one of my interviews um, prior to coming to Mill Creek. I had a former boss ask me what my favorite book was, and I told him Sports Center.
0: <laughs> and uh, I said, Look,
2: I'm writing contracts all day. The last thing I want to do when I get home is read. So asking me what my favorite book is, knowing that I write contracts. All day for a living. I just thought, oh, I don't really want to address that question. So <laughs> it's Sports Center. But um, there is one book that I have have written, uh, read that uh, it's Execution: The Discipline of Getting Things Done by uh, Ram Sharon and Larry Bossidy. And if there's anybody that's listening that wants to have the truth about leadership, that's a book you need to read. Interesting, it really for is. I mean, it's absolutely. get to the point, deal with what needs to be dealt with, and you'll be glad you did. Um, now. I, I'm paraphrasing. Nobody, nobody's quoted that. But I'm just saying that, you know, too, too often in, in our careers, I don't, I can't count on one hand any conversation I've had about leadership. It was always, we need you to fix this. <laughs> and so you go in, you do it, and you try to acknowledge your mistakes and make, try not to make them again. But then in, in of that, you learn a little bit about yourself. You learn a bit about your team and possibly what team you want to create in the future. And that's what we're doing at Mill Creek.
1: How can our listeners find out more about what you're doing out at Mill Creek?
2: Uh, Millcreekmetroparks.org is our website. And then we also have uh, lovemillcreek.org is the way to contribute to our mission and support what we do through the Mill Creek Metro Parks Foundation.
1: Super. Thanks for that.
2: And I
0: have one last fun question. I always like to end end this conversation with a fun question. And you yourself and your bio, uh, admittedly, are an outdoor person, and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the family has followed suit as well. And Tammy and I, we're always looking for great ideas. Uh, So can you tell us uh, maybe some family trips you have on your bucket list that you want to do in the near future
2: and uh, maybe give Tammy an idea yeah, For our families. Sure. No, I'm I'm an avid outdoorsman, and um, my wife is not, which is okay. So, and she knows it. Um, <laughs> but my kids are um, becoming more and more engrossed in the outdoors, and I think to a previous question that Tammy had about um, if there's any silver lining about COVID, I think what it did do was reintroduce the outdoors to people because it was one of the few things you were allowed to do. And my hope is is that reintroduction lasts. Uh, sometime, because I, I think people take advantage of in maybe a good way and a bad way at times that those metro park systems are there and are always going to be there. Well, we hope so. And we're there uh, for people to, to utilize us for, for their hopeful benefit. And maybe it's wellness. You know, maybe, maybe it's not. But, you know, for me, I, I am an avid uh, hunter, fisherman. Um, anything I can do to get outside is, is great. And what COVID did was introduce my youngsters to fishing. Uh, There's a couple of local farm ponds that have some fish in them, and those kids were fishing all summer. Nice. And so uh, it was fun. You know, you got the, I don't know if it's, I was more excited about the fact that they were fishing or about the fact that they were together. Right, and they were instead of fighting, they were like, "Hey, see if Mom and Dad will let us go fishing. See if you know <laughs> there was some there was some negotiating going on <laughs> behind the scenes. We got to see, um, but then they also put down the phones. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool too because I got tired of you know, hey." Do you have your glasses on? That's the reason you need them. <laughs> Put that thing down. Look around at the world. You know, there's some exciting things going on. But they, uh, they love it. So what we've done is we've booked a walleye charter up on Lake Erie for mm, nice. later this year. Uh, my son and father and I and some friends have historically done that. Okay. Um, but my daughters gave me all kinds of grief for why they didn't get to go um, the first time. <laughs> and so um, I'm not going to make that mistake twice and we'll we're, we're going to go out this June and we're either going to catch a lot of fish or we're going to get seasick and they're never going to want to go again. But that's the first one. And then my dad is recently retired. So he and I are taking a trip um, to Wyoming in October. Oh, nice. um, we're going to go out on an antelope hunt.
1: Nice. Wow. That's exciting.
2: Oh, Tammy, you, Antelope hunt. Does, you know, does, does that sound sure it,
1: good to you? <laughs> that doesn't really rise to the top of my list, but it is interesting. I, I would love to see pictures. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I tell you, you know, I will say one thing. If if there is any type of promotion for me personally, is I think hunters get a bad rap because for people who don't do it, they think it's all about the kill. But unfortunately, uh, some of my best trips have, have ended in not harvesting anything. Man, to go out and see the landscape and be out there when the sun rises and
1: that is beautiful, out and just
2: there. to get out. Um, that's what I miss the most. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that, no, and, no, thank and thank you. Thank you for Thanks joining for us me. today. We've really enjoyed this conversation. And
0: well, I know I, I definitely got a, good, definitely a couple of good ideas out of that. So appreciate you having you here today. Thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Thank both of you.
2: Thanks, Aaron.